Welcome to Activate with Pastor Christian Newsom, a podcast of Journey Church International. Thank you for listening to the Activate Podcast with Pastor Christian Newsom, a ministry resource of Journey Church International. My name is Ryan. I'm a new guest on the program. It's been uh, four weeks now, I think, since I've gotten a host, so it's good to be on here. Has it been that long? I think, but well, actually, when this airs, it'll be like five weeks. Wow. Yes. Yeah, it's been wow. it's been a little bit. Yeah. Because we've had some guests speak, Yeah, we've had guests. Alex, Alex has been hosted in. one yes. time when you were boycotting. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> So this Sunday, Pastor Christian, uh, we were back in Jesus People series, yep. uh, number 12, and the title was Resting, and our text was Matthew 11 and 12. Um, so, man, if you're tuning in for the first time today, we're glad to have you on the Activate podcast. Every week we try to, for, for the most part, I say every week, it, it can be sporadic at times depending on what's going on, but uh, we try to help people, equip them so they can take their next steps spiritually you can find us. Hopefully, if you haven't already, you get a chance to listen to the message on either the JCI app, YouTube. Uh, we'd love to have you uh, come and check that out. But people tune in every week to try to grow in their faith. So uh, we're glad that you're uh, a part of it. So, Pastor Christian, God's been working, man, really in some incredible ways uh, this yeah. year, the last several weeks. What sticks out to you as a highlight? So I would say this, if um, if people have not gotten a chance to watch or listen to this message yet from Sunday, March 20th, which really began in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. We started kind of a, kind of a four-week emphasis in this Jesus People series called Revealed for Rest. We've had some incredible realizations of who Jesus is as Jesus People, over the last 12 weeks in Matthew 9, 10, and 11. But the final realization is that Jesus is revealed for rest. Like in life that just wears you out and burdens you down, Jesus is the one who changes things and gives you rest. So if you didn't get a chance to listen to the message, I hope you'll go listen to the message. And if you have a friend who is worn out or burdened in life, please send them this message and then tune in these four weeks from wherever in the world you might be, starting next week with Ryan Lefevre, uh, the broadcaster of the Kansas City Royals, sharing his story of walking through depression and how the answers that Jesus gave us in this series, that Jesus reveals rest, Jesus gives freedom, Jesus provides spiritual family, those things that allow us to walk through the hardest seasons in life. Uh, I just think this series could really minister to people well. When you talk about like some of my favorite moments just of the past few weeks, Ryan, we, we just had like a Holy Spirit takeover at the end of February in the 1030 service on February 27th. It's funny because the, the message was on John the Baptist doubting, and our realization that day was doubt is real and it's okay. Sometimes you really wonder. If God is real, if the plan of God is real, you can't feel him, you can't see him. And on that day, he showed up. And while we talked about, hey, sometimes you're going to doubt and it's going to be okay. At the exact same time, God was as real as he's ever been in our church through his Holy Spirit. Uh, We had kind of an interruption of worship. uh, And I just don't know in nearly 11 years as a pastor that I've ever experienced our church worshiping at the depth that they were worshiping spiritually in that moment. 
and even that service, just what God did in that service, you know, you, you might uh, have one or two people every Sunday who reaches out to you after a message or talks to you at the altar. And was like, man, that message was like for me. Like, I felt like you were talking right to me. I had like 20 people say that after that message, which has never happened in 23 years of ministry where that many people have been spoken to that directly by the Holy Spirit. So I think that February 27th uh, service was just really, really special. And then Clayton King on March 6th, um, who's just out of his mind hilarious, um, out of his mind anointed. I mean, he just came, and with the boldness that only like a Southern like gentleman can have, kind of said like, I'm going to hit you across the face with the truth of the gospel, and you're going to thank me for it yeah. when I'm done. And we saw uh, more than 100 people acknowledge making spiritual decisions to move closer to Jesus that day. Some of the stories that came out of that. Uh, we have a man who's been praying for one of his friends for 25 years to become a Christian. And one of the reasons he prayed for this friend is he was in a Sunday school class when someone said, think of the two people in your life who will never become Christians and start praying for them. This was that guy who not only gave his life to Christ, who not only raised his hand, but he came down to the altar and gave one of our pastors a big hug during the invitation time and went and got his best day ever shirt. I mean, like people getting saved. Uh, Our children's ministry, the exact same Sunday, had their best day ever Sunday where they told the kids just the real simple truth of who Jesus was. And like we read in one of our meetings today, Matthew 18, Jesus is like, man, let the kids come to me and like, don't question their faith because it's probably more pure than yours than yours is. I think those like those two weeks back to back just made me think like, I'm just so grateful to be a part of a church where God is moving like God is moving in this season. It's nothing that we're doing, but we're certainly aware of it. And I'm really, really grateful. Yeah, I got a chance to pray uh, with three people this past Sunday who made spiritual decisions, a father-son, and then a young lady who, as we got talking, she was there with a friend of hers, found out she was 23 years old, the same age I was when I gave my life to Christ. So wow. just really great uh, uh, way to see God moving. It's like seven chance. years ago for you. Uh, yeah, it's just yeah seven <laughs> years ago and a whole lot of hair ago. <laughs> uh, so this uh, series, Jesus People Ride, has had these spiritual realizations. Yep. And in number nine this week. Yeah. And so which, maybe one of one or two of them have had the most impact as you think about them. Yeah, it's funny. Probably the two that we spent four weeks on, the two that were like so powerful that we had to stop and unpack them for a while. So number four, it takes all of us. We paused in November, and it just happened to coincide with when we were getting ready to move into a new building, and we needed all of us to accomplish the mission that Jesus was calling our church to in this season. But I think I think realizing at the end of Matthew 9, when Jesus looked across, and he's like, man, the harvest is plentiful, the workers are few, you need to pray to the Lord of the harvest that he'll send workers into his harvest field. I think the reality that ministry does not happen the way Jesus has designed it to happen until his workers get into the harvest field. So I think that realization that it takes all of us and the special reality of what's happening at journey right now, Ryan is not happening because I'm preaching or I'm preaching better messages. It's not happening because you and the kind of our connections team 
um, are doing better than you've ever done before. And hopefully both those things are true. Hopefully I, I am becoming a better preacher and hopefully our connections team is doing better. But it's really happening because so many of our people have gotten all in. I mean, they're giving, they're serving, they're bringing, they're praying, they're attending faithfully. And when all of God's people are all in, you can just feel it. And you feel it in this season. I think that one and then this one that Jesus has revealed for rest, that Jesus both calls us to be all in on his mission and at the exact same time that that mission brings us to a place of rest, not burnout. Jesus is like, I want all of you. And having all of you will give you more of me and it will actually lead to you being more at rest. I think somehow the the irony of those two things coming together, that when Jesus has all of us, we get more of him and that results in more rest, more rest not less. I think those two realizations coming together um, probably had tremendous impact for our church. And I mean, if I could just tick through all of them that our, you know, our primary purpose, our primary needs are spiritual, that our mouth is meant to talk about Jesus, our eyes are meant to see Jesus, that doubt is real, that doubt is okay, that wisdom really comes from experience, uh, which Marcellus talked about, that basically means that, like you have to live for God, trust God, experience that life, and then realize it's a way to live. Like you've got to put God to the test and do what he asks you to do. Like just all, all nine we could say are powerful, but I think that, that it takes all of us. And that we all, when we all get all in, um, we actually, we receive more of Jesus, which results in more rest than we could have ever had. All meant to be a picture of what Jesus people are supposed to live like, look like. Not just live like and look like, but what they realize. You know, over a lifetime of following Jesus, these are the nine things that all Jesus people would say are true spiritually. Yeah. So in the message this week, you explained the yoke of Jesus in the message. So what would you want to be the yoke of journey on a person's life? Yeah, so the so the yoke, if you can, you know, picture a, a yoke of oxen was the bar that they put across two, you know, two oxen, two donkeys, two horses to make sure they were moving in the right direction together. Uh, it was basically the pathway that you were setting. So when a teacher gave a yoke, Jesus was basically saying, lock into my way of life, I promise where I'm leading you is going to be the way to life. If journey were to have a yoke that, hey, if you if you put on journey and you're a part of journey, it's going to lead you in this direction. I would hope that would lead to when you look at our growth track and the outcomes of that, people who really know God, people who are being transformed from the inside out, people who are discovering their purpose, people who are making a difference. If you if you were to go a little deeper, I think I would want journey to be a place uh, where people walk with Jesus, if you look at our scripture track, where people have a biblical worldview, where people know how to apply scripture to every life situation, where people are leading other people to become disciples. I think like that's a yoke. We would want people to live in that pathway of life. But honestly, Ryan, like if you could just get beyond it, I would love our church to be known for um, strong families, strong marriages strong men, teenagers with conviction, uh, children who know about and love God at the, at, at the level that they're able to know about and love God, a church that is deeply, deeply convicted and committed to the truth of Scripture, but at the same time is as compassionate and gracious 
like Jesus is towards those who don't know Jesus or even those who would be opposed to Jesus. Like, I would just hope that the yoke of our church, that the things, the outcomes we're trying to accomplish would, would be accomplished in the life of people and that you would really see, that the world would see them as, Je- like if they knew who Jesus was, that they would say those are his people. Yeah. That we would build people who really would walk towards Jesus, walk with Jesus, live for Jesus, and be as committed and convicted as Jesus was to the truth of God and his word, and as compassionate and gracious as Jesus was to lost and broken people in the world. And that's a, it's a tough place to live. Because the lost and broken world does not want you to be deeply committed to the Word of God. And most people who are pretty deeply committed to the Word of God, they can't stand lost and broken people. It's just so messy to try to, to, try to do both. Um, in that scenario, sometimes you end up on the mount giving the sermon that everyone is awed by, and sometimes you end up on the cross. It's a messy tension to live in. But I would hope that our church... And that the fruit of our church would be people who try really, really hard to walk in that way of Jesus. Oh, that's good. And I, and I believe if we were to talk with people in our community, I, I think many of them would see our people that way. I hope. Sure. Loving, I, compassionate, hopefully. Hopefully. Um, so as you continue in the message, um, as people learn to rest towards Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. A big theme of the message, you give a list of 10 commitments. Right. Uh, how will these 10 commitments accomplish this difficult task of resting towards Jesus? Well, it's interesting. So so Jesus, right, I mean, this is an interesting text that honestly I did not have time to unpack at the depth that I wanted to unpack it. So in chapter 12, verses 1 through 8, Jesus and his disciples on the Sabbath are walking through the grain fields. They're picking the heads of grain. They're eating. His disciples are following him, doing what he's doing. And the Pharisees are like, hey, that's not allowed. True. Honestly, in Jewish tradition, even the letter of Jewish law, probably true. Not allowed to do that. And Jesus says, well, David and his men did it when they were on a mission from God. But then he said more than that. He's like, "Um, the temple work never stops. Like the priests today at the temple, they're working. They are violating your Sabbath laws, but they are not violating the Sabbath because basically the Sabbath was made to allow people to draw close to God. And what temple ministry is doing is drawing close to God. And what David and his men were doing, living on mission for God, was drawing close to God and accomplishing the mission of God. So Jesus was saying this concept of rest. Here's how you rest. You rest by drawing close to God. You rest by living on mission from God. God never wants you to rest from those things. He wants you to rest towards those things. He wants you to rest for those things. Why are you resting? Because I've not spent enough time with Jesus. Why are you resting? Because I've not been engaged enough in the mission of Jesus. So the thought of resting towards Jesus in the list of 10 things that we gave is rest is revealed in Jesus. The closer you are to Jesus, the more you rest. But you you don't rest from Jesus. So you say, well, it may not be resting if I'm having to read my Bible and if I'm having to memorize Scripture and if I'm having to pray. And sure doesn't seem restful to go to small group and it doesn't seem restful to be in church and it doesn't seem restful to serve at church and it doesn't seem restful to serve in the community. But it is. Because all of those things are things that draw you closer to Jesus and live on mission for Jesus. And there is this 
what appears to be a contradiction in verses 1 through 8 when Jesus is like, when you live on mission for Jesus, it doesn't look like you're resting, but you actually are because you're drawing closer to God. And the priests today who are in the temple, like everybody else taking the day off, but they're doing the sacrifices and they're lighting the incense and they're doing their job. They don't look like they're resting, but they are because they are living in a world of drawing closer to God. So anytime you draw close to God, you are drawing close to rest. So we don't rest from things, we rest for th- we rest from everything else so that we can run towards Jesus. So that's the concept of rest towards Jesus. Do things in your rest that move you towards Jesus because while it might not be physically resting, it will lead to spiritual rest. And often as you and I talk with people when they feel out of whack, off kilter, it's because they haven't been in church, they haven't been in their Bible. But when they're doing those things, they, yeah. they feel right. Yeah, yeah. Their their life has been moving them away from Jesus, not towards Jesus, and maybe not towards sin, but not towards Jesus yeah. or the mission of Jesus. Yeah. So you make the statement that Jesus people should be known to the world as people who are broken spiritually without yeah. Jesus. Yeah. And then you quote some polls from NBC and CNN that paint a picture of a hurting America. Yeah. So why is it important for Jesus people to be transparent in their lives about their brokenness and their need for Jesus? Well, so I think most people, it's funny because the polls, all the polls um, from Barna's research on Kansas city that we talked about in December and January on the state of Kansas city to the state of America, uh, the polls I stated that came out right before the state of the union are that we're living in a country that's very, very tired um, and very, very broken and, and in some ways very, very afraid of the future. Yet, Ryan, if you really looked on people's social media, you probably wouldn't find that. So you, you have a country who both is willing to admit that their soul is broken, but they're not willing to show that like in their friend group. Like that's the condition of their heart, but it's not really the condition of their face. And I think Christians are some of the worst. Yeah, I'm fine. And say, yep, I'm good. And I think the world is look. The world is saying my soul is broken, and they are looking for someone whose outward exterior says, "Me too. I am broken," because they're they're trying to figure out who broken people go to for help. And it says that it's interesting. Two two groups of people listening to Jesus in Matthew chapter twelve: the Pharisees and the spiritual leaders who when Jesus said, I'm revealed for rest, were like, oh, oh no, you're not, um, and tried to go figure out a plan to kill him. So the strong people left Jesus to try to go figure out a way to kill him. But everyone who was sick kept following him. And I think one day, like if our world continues, so it's 2022, I think if we doubled it, right? I think if we got to 4044 and somebody was writing the history of America, and, you know, America, like all the great empires of the world, um, if, it, if it lasted 500 years, it'd be one of the longest lasting empires in the history of the world. It's just, you know, as someone who studied history before God called him to ministry, not very many global empires that last 500 years. So if somebody is writing the snapshot of American history, and let's say it gets 400 years, let's say we've got another 100 plus to go, um, and they were writing the snapshot of Christianity in American history, they probably would write about the beginning of Christianity in America, and they would say, like, these broken people came to America just to try to find a place to seek God. And probably near the end of all empires that rise and fall, usually the Christians are placed 
in the margins, but they're still pursuing Jesus. Like I think in a snapshot of America, 2000 years down the road, if there was one, um, if Christians got a sentence in America, it might say something like this, like the weak, vulnerable, broken people. Um, they were always pursuing Jesus. I don't think they'd capture the middle of cultural Christian America. I think if they were just summarizing Jesus followers, it would be the poor, broken, um, marginalized, defenseless, desperate people were kind of chasing Jesus. They were, they were chasing, like Scripture says about Abraham, like a, a heavenly city, because we just didn't really feel like we, like we fit here. And that was the crowd of Jesus. Like the strong didn't need him. Those who felt spiritually superior didn't need him. But Jesus said, people who need a hospital are going to come to me. And here we had what, you know, what I defined as a large crowd of ill. Uh, literally, in a different translation, it says that um, everyone who followed Jesus got healed, which means the only people that kept following him were people who were sick. And he healed them all. Uh, our translation that we read, the NIV, said he healed all that were sick, but probably a more proper translation is he healed all of them, which means they were all sick. And at the end of the day, only sick and broken people need a Savior. And I, and I think if, if we would carry the flag of uh, I'm spiritually sick, not I'm spiritually healthy, I think maybe those in the culture who are also spiritually sick would feel less judged and they might feel more hope because they would realize looking at us, like I'm just like them, but somehow they've, they've somehow they've experienced some hope and some health on the other side of this. So I I think it's, I think it's important for Christians to identify as um, the people, like we are the people who are the most spiritually broken, not the, we are the people who are the most spiritually broken. That's why we need this guy. Uh, And when, when strong people can do it on their own, we keep following him because let me tell you what journey is. It's a large crowd of ill. It is a, it's a large crowd of people who are broken without Jesus. That's why we keep following him. Yeah. And I think step three, growth track, and you're talking about influence. You talk about one of the ways you have influence is through your pain. Yes. So when people are transparent and broken, some of the most fulfilled people I know are the ones that said, I'm an open book. Here's yeah. my life. Here's how broken I am. And God's used it in really powerful ways. And now they're fulfilled and they're finding additional healing and purpose. Through finding a lot of purpose through their pain. Yes. Yes. Last question. Every week we we ask about how to take what they've learned yeah. and share it with somebody else. So what from this message would you want our, our audience to share with someone else? Yeah, definitely the Ten Commitments of um, resting towards Jesus. I would say not only looking at those Ten Commitments and the ones— that, here's what I would say. I would look at those Ten Commitments and the ones that I do well, I would invite someone to do with me. Because I would know just by natural rhythm, Jesus had helped me develop one or two or three of those well enough where I could hold someone else accountable because I'd learned I'd learn to do those well. So I would think that would be number one. Um, secondly, I think I would take that list of 10. If I'm discipling somebody, I take that list of 10 to someone and say, hey, pick one that you're not doing. And let's let that commitment be the one that we rest towards Jesus in in 2022. Um, and I'll help you. So I think those, those would be the two pieces of advice that I find the ones you do well and invite someone to do it well with you because you like, you're going to do it with or without them, but they might only do it because of you. And then secondly, just show, show someone that list of 10 and say, pick one that you'd like to get better in and I'll help you. Was it a few years ago you had a list that we used maybe towards the beginning of the year that had like 19 of them 
that was really powerful, and I remember God using that. And I'm trying to remember what message series that was, but I remember so a couple of years ago. Yeah, I probably did 20 and 20. Maybe I did 19 in 2019. Yeah, that might have been it. What's yeah. funny is so that that list, and I explained this in the message, but for our podcast listeners who haven't listened to the message, um, so the the week that I put together this message was the first week of March, like the 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 week between March 6 and 13, which is the two-year anniversary of, of COVID becoming a, a big-time reality and a big-time nuisance in our country. And as I'm preparing my message, one of my friends at Journey texts me a picture of that list of 10 commitments and said, you gave this in January of 2020 from the life of Hezekiah, 10 commitments to lean into in 2020. I have been doing these 10 things, and I think they are the only things that have kept me close to Jesus as I've walked through the past two years. And I read that list. I had finished my message, and I had read that list, and I thought, I got to give this away. Like, I, I hadn't even thought about it since then. Like, I looked at the list, I thought, that's really good. I put that together? <laughs> now, yeah, you, you gave that to the church, and it's like, that's fantastic. Um, I'm going to do it again. Because it's been a long time since 2020, and it's been a long season since 2020. Yeah. Uh, and I think the reality, again, for people just to have a target, um, like, hey, to sh- there, there's a lot of people at our church like me that are like, hey, just tell me what to do, um, and I'll try to do it. These are 10 really good things to do. Yeah. And if you can try to keep these 10 commitments, I, I promise you, you'll grow in your faith. If you grow in your faith, you're going to be moving towards Jesus. If you're moving towards Jesus, you're going to be experiencing rest. And that's the goal of this four weeks of journey. Yeah, I think those are really great tools, and I've used similar things along the years. Many of them I've gotten from you, and they're they're super helpful. Pastor Christian, thank you. It's good to be yep. back on the podcast. Good to have you back. Yeah, yeah. Well, Alex does a, a great job as well. Donkey, right? Is that, <laughs> yes. Alex, if you're listening, you'll know what I'm talking about. Uh, thank you for he's listening. Not, he's he, not listening. No, that's true. We'll remind, we him next, that, yeah. we'll remind him next time. No, I did have someone I wore a shirt the other day, and they said, that's your podcast shirt. <laughs> so awesome. I, I didn't wear it today. I'm off. <laughs> Love it. Um, but we're, we want to thank you. Many people are jumping on. We have a lot of folks who recommend this podcast. Yep. So if you're listening for the first time, we're glad you're here. We'd love for you to come. Check out Journey uh, yeah. on Sunday morning. Come and be a part of one of our services, 845, 1030. Uh, we would love to have you. Uh, if you have questions, if there's anything we can answer for you, you can email us at activate at takethejourney.cc. Uh, we'd, be, uh, we'd be honored to answer it here on the air. Otherwise, we look forward to catching you next time on the Activate Podcast, where we challenge you to build a faith that is active. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Activate. We would love for you to join us in person for one of our weekly worship experiences. You can find out more information about JCI on our website at takethejourney.cc. Help us get the word out about this resource. You can do so by subscribing, reviewing, and sharing this episode on your favorite social media platform. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time on the Activate Podcast.